I'm Laura Linney, and this is Masterpiece Classic. This season on Downton Abbey, there was a great war, and it took some casualties, including William. There was also a Spanish flu that took some casualties, including Lavinia Swire. And Mary and Matthew are engaged, uh, and a lot of other people are doing a lot of other things. So let's just talk about the whole thing and this episode of the Lord of Grantham podcast. We're back. We are. We are done with season two. We we it's taken a few months and we are ready to move on to season three. But before we do, we want to recap what happened over the past four years or so. Of the show three years. Nineteen sixteen. Yeah, it started, I believe. Let uh, me take a look. Let me ha- my handy dandy notebook. And by the way, I have filled my notebook for season one and season two. So it's time to get a new one. Oh man, maybe there's a Downton Abbey themed notebook out there. There probably is, but I have so many notebooks. So this starts in 2014. You mean 1914? Yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, I keep. Make, I have. I have the century dyslexia. I'm always a hundred years off. <laughs> it's a real problem. It is. Uh, so, yeah. So it ends in January 1920. So six years. The whole season takes place across six years? Yeah. You, no, what? That's absurd. They don't even age at all between the eight episodes. The yeah. da- how old is the Dowager? She's old to start with, like, another six years. And they, they, they talk about at the the Christmas special, like, oh, how it's going to be a new decade and stuff. We just saw a decade on this whole show in one Yeah, because season, season one, episode seven is 2000. Again, <laughs> God. 1914. Okay, but doesn't season two, episode one, open August 1914? Oh my god, this that's absurd. That's so all right. So, how long was Carlisle and Mary engaged for? Like, (laughs) let's look. What episode does he pop into things? Well, he I thought he engaged, uh, got engaged to her like in episode seven, or they announced it. They're shopping for Haxby, uh, in episode six. I man, that's crazy. So yeah, William and Matthew were over there for a while before anything went sideways for them. So, wow, good on them. Yeah, <laughs> good on them. They did their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that means the whole thing with Vera and Ma- uh, John Bates went on for a... a real long time. God, that recontextualizes everything. Okay. Do you think anyone asked that to Julian Fellows when he's writing it? Like, you know... <laughs> yeah, do you understand what you're making us imply yeah on a week-to-week basis you don't think of it as a year no 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 no. imagine how miserable these people are with their lives yeah anna and mr bates living with his wife and then they have the most busiest holiday season of all time in the late 1919 uh years of things dragging out culminating in the last week of the decade yeah geez they really end the the teens with a bang yeah 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 so Uh, before we get into this further mm -hmm. we had a brief discussion with our attorney Oh, yeah. In regards to the trial of Mr. Bates. We alluded to that conversation last week on Mm -hmm. the podcast. So before we do anything, let's just throw it to that. We're going to talk about Mr. Bates and his trial. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with our attorney to the podcast, just in the event that we get sued for all the music that we use illegally. Do we uh, use it illegally? It's less than 15 seconds. Okay. All right. But I mean, if, if uh, you know Metallica ever came knocking, we would have to answer for using their song. There will be some edits on the podcast to the music. Yeah. <laughs> our, our historical... We'd have to retroactively edit it. Either way. Yeah. We got him on retainer for that, but... We also had him on our, our Mixed Match uh, Challenge podcast as a, the tiebreaker. Uh, he has a, a notable uh, legal career. He, he, is a, he is a real lawyer, uh, like, like Matthew Crawley before him. He is a lawyer. And uh, he's going to review the, the trial of John Bates with us. We just rewatched it. Yes, that, that scene specifically. Yeah. So we're going to review the trial of John Bates here with Kevin. Uh, we didn't see the whole trial. All we saw was three testimonies. And then the verdict. Some really important... Uh, the defense we didn't hear anything from. Mm-mm. But it must not have been good. No. No, no. Not, not worth seeing. Or it been, been too compelling for us, you know, to make us think that maybe Bates has a chance of getting out of this. But alas, he didn't. Uh, Kevin, did you have any initial thoughts when, when watching this? Um, or, or give us some background on your, your legal career. In regards to John Bates. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm i a licensed attorney in America, uh, Connecticut mm-hmm. specifically, so I'm not uh, necessarily a legal expert on uh, British jurisprudence or, mm-hmm. or background. Um, watching the scene, it, it seemed pretty clear to me uh, that he, w- he was fairly dead to rights, which is not <laughs> exactly a, a scientific term. Um, I'm not sure if that's the way that the, the show was edited, but, uh, based on the, on the, the, you know, different testimony, um, I would have been very surprised had the outcome come out differently. So I guess, uh, O'Brien starts, mm-hmm. right? She, uh, she's the first, uh, to testify. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, you know, in doing so you have a, uh, not very trustworthy human, uh, right, mm-hmm. you know, character on the show is being asked to uh, provide testimony under oath. You know, uh, mm-hmm. even though there's no constitution over in Britain or anything, the you know there's not um, you know a bill of rights or anything like that. There are still like yeah. fundamental precepts, you know, uh, for for trial procedure between the two. Obviously, in America, too, a lot of what we do over here is based on common law from over you know in England. Mm-hmm. So, um, what did you guys think of her her testimony? Uh. She did not help Bates at all. She, I, I, Nobody I, helped Bates. She was, but she was, I think, very direct. I mean, she left it very plain. I, I, whereas the other were more damaging. She very much just left it as it was and didn't really let her emotions get in the way. Now, do you guys think that it's it's necessarily her role to try to help? Well, I mean, ideally, we would like to see Bates get off. But, you know, you're on the stand under oath, right? I, or do they? Are they under oath? I guess over there. I believe. Yeah. Yep, yeah. They yeah, are. If you're. You're. Yes, you are under oath. And they reference it in the scene too. Right. You know, That's in, right. In the, in the cutaways and the sort of the private, like not luncheon areas, but like mm-hmm. you know, basically like private chambers and, and things. It, it's referenced as well. Um, so not, not the not the most helpful testimony. No. But uh, uh, but it didn't seem like she lied, right? No. 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 Hughes didn't lie, but. It's funny. So Hughes is after O'Brien, and she comments that you know she should have been listening to a conversation. So the fact is, she was eavesdropping on a conversation, which kind of puts her in a weird light. Like, how do uh, they find out that she was eavesdropping too? Because that's how she heard the conversation. Yeah, but how did the attorneys find out she was eavesdropping? I don't know. I don't know how that how that goes out. Maybe 
was the prosecution looking for like a, a character witness like yeah, or um someone who could help john bates or whatever or the maybe she revealed rather? it then yeah the defendants maybe were looking for her. that could be you know oftentimes there's an exchange of information too between the between the sides um it may be too that the the that the crown as mm-hmm. as matthew put it um that would be the state over here or the federal government over here. It may be that they were the prosecution was just doing like due diligence and interviewing high level staff, mm-hmm. you know, in the house and then uh, for their reactions. Found that out day. that way. Yeah, that I mean, that would that would seem like the most m- most likely um, there too. What did you guys think of her of her testimony? Well, she seems a little suspect again because she was eavesdropping. She shouldn't have been listening in the first place. So I don't know about her character. She to the to this courtroom, she seems less honorable than. Uh, O'Brien, which is wow, yeah, so bizarre, so bizarre. It's interesting, and I guess as a defense strategy, they don't really they don't go this route as mm-hmm. we see. But you know, one way that you could try to you can try to a defense strategy would be to impugn her character delicately by mentioning, mm-hmm. you know, yes, yeah, she heard this, but it wasn't exactly like you know she was participating in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So on one hand, it's not like she didn't hear it, but it's a little questionable. We, I think, yeah, we didn't get to see to the defense do that. Unfortunately, yeah. right. So the defense. So uh, so after those two sort of uh, scenes, you know, involving the the two ladies' mm-hmm. testimony, there's there's a break, right? And that's yeah. where the parties sort of regather. And I'm I'm sure you know, um, you know, whatever the the barrister. So the, so um, barristers are the actual litigator attorneys uh, that are performing mm-hmm. the the questions, and solicitors is the uh, gentleman that was. Um, handpicked by Lord Grantham, I think mm-hmm. it's his personal solicitor. Yeah, that's like if you need a will done or like you know mm-hmm. a business deal drawn up, if you're going to buy property or whatever in the back of the estate, you mm-hmm. use that guy, and if you're in court, you use the other one. So they're talking strategy, you know, talking mm-hmm. shop. Um, you know, at that point, we're all sort of awaiting to see what this big defense strategy is going to be, and it, lo and behold, it <laughs> is. It's just Lord Grantham talking about how great Bates is that's standing it. up. Yeah. By the way, that's their entire strategy is just to have a lord, speak. a lord. Granted, yeah, a high profile person, mm-hmm. but he fails because uh, they get him twisted. Like it seems like they were very quick to follow up on questions where he didn't even have a chance to really correct himself or like you know get his verbiage straight before they're asking a follow up question. It was yeah. So that that was that was a bit of that might be just uh, more British legal procedure that you're mm-hmm. able to to immediately jump in like that. Over here, you know, uh, you'd have your opportunity to, to question your own witness, and then the other side would have an opportunity to cross-examine the witness. Mm-hmm. Um, here, that really wasn't the case, because the cross-examining happened immediately mm-hmm. after the line of questioning. So, he's out there to be the character witness. Obviously, it was either super risky or just not allowed to have, mm-hmm. you know, Bates uh, testify on his own behalf, especially because it would involve questions that go directly to, mm-hmm. you know, the issues and the elements of... of willful murder Mm. um but here again how helpful was lord grantham's testimony not at all no not at all and do they mentioned that anna couldn't testify as being the wife of john bates uh do you think that could have helped or like um i mean well there's an important distinction there mm -hmm. so they can't compel her to testify so the Mm. prosecution couldn't force her to appear and testify she has the right similar to Mm -hmm. america if she wanted to testify i believe and again in america a spouse can waive that right i imagine that same concept applies over in england as well so there's a subtle difference there between her ability to do it versus being forced to do it so Mm -hmm. at the beginning o'brien and hughes say 
you know, basically they received the, um, the equivalent of a subpoena, right? They mm-hmm. had to appear there. Mm-hmm. There was no way around yeah. it. Anna didn't receive one of those because under, you know, under British, uh, you know, legal, um, uh, theories, you, you can't force, hmm. uh, a spouse to testify. Yeah. You know, I think the, the thought being too, is that there's going to be a lot of sort of self-preservation, mm-hmm. right? It's in her self-interest to, obviously she's going to say that her husband didn't do it. Right. So, I mean, we can kind of yeah, cut yeah. through that. A little bit. And also, she doesn't offer anything to the case, aside from being a character witness on behalf of Mr. Bates. Right. And it's funny, though, uh, going back to Grantham's testimony, I mean, obviously, you have to tell the truth on the stand, but, like, would it have reflected that poorly if he didn't answer their question as truthfully or whatever, where he says, like, better former rather than, uh, or rather than former, better the late Miss Vera Bates or whatever? Yeah, I mean, there. That's a really good question. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're counseling clients, you always tell them to to answer the question truthfully. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's just like the rule, right? I mean, right. that's when, the law. Yeah, you're, you're under oath. I mean, yeah. you're prepping a witness. It's just tell the truth, whether yeah. it's convenient or not convenient. At the same time, the truth can be sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. Here, though, it, obviously, it was clear that Grantham did remember because he was able to directly quote yeah. <laughs> what he said. So Mr. Bates must have told the attorney that exact line happened. But could... Uh, no, there's no... Think about that. Yeah. The only way for them to know that this exchange happened was if somebody told them. And Mr. Bates or Lord Grantham were the only two people that knew about it. Yeah. Or So the only people that could have done it. So they screwed themselves with that. But could Grantham have pled the fifth? Is that a thing back over there? Uh, they don't have a fifth because yeah, there's, no, there's, no, there's no constitution. Now, I'm right, not sure whether the – right. I'm not sure whether the – I'm personally not sure whether the theory mm-hmm. of uh, a right against self-incrimination, which mm-hmm. is protected under our Fifth Amendment, I'm not sure if that also applies over there. Okay. There, too, though, it only applies in the context uh, – in, in criminal context. Nothing that Grantham was doing was mm-hmm. criminal. So mm-hmm. you even it would be sort of a misplaced I plead the fifth or equivalent because mm-hmm. he was just testifying about facts and information. Gotcha. So um, and so we, we got the sentencing. Uh, Bates is sentenced to be killed by hanging. Well, even let's back up just yeah. one second. Sure. That was pretty much the quickest jury deliberation <laughs> that I, I could have ever imagined. It was a, the equivalent of about forty five seconds of, of, of scene chewing. Yeah. Uh, before the solicitor came back out and said the jury is, and decided. we know we know it's fast because this episode takes place over like eight days. Yeah, between so Christmas at, and New Year's, absolute longest is a day. Yeah, and, and so is reasonable doubt a thing over there? Like, I mean, all, all it seems like a lot of their evidence is based on statements. Uh, is there reasonable doubt? Like, could it, could or was this way too quick of a decision? Well, we heard too from the from the judge that asked if if all of if mm-hmm. all of the jurors agreed, and we got to remember the context. Uh, obviously, with this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. It's 1920, 20, 1919. 1919 yeah. over there. Uh, you know, at the time, so we didn't. A lot of cases were going to be built on circumstantial evidence mm-hmm. and, you know, recitation of facts and memories and things gotcha. like that. Not that this was necessarily a DNA case, but, I mean, we were still about 80, well, hmm. about 50 to 70 years away from that even being like a, a thing that would yeah. be uh, introduced. And even later without it being introduced, um, you know, with regularity. Mm-hmm. So, um, the jury seemed pretty resolute in its decision um, the one thing that I didn't know that I found odd was that between the time when the ju- jury said, the foreman of the jury said guilty mm-hmm. 
the the judge puts on this like black or purple <laughs> like at a graduation yeah, like, cap. cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he sentenced like be- before he actually sentences Bates on yeah. top uh, of his powdered wig. Correct. Right. Correct. And the powdered wigs are still a just, thing. They're still a thing over uh, there or here. Yeah, over no, there. over there. And it's um it's just a it's a tradition thing. Um, so the solicitor uh, Grantham's handpicked guy did, wasn't wearing one. But as the the sort of courtroom jockeys mm-hmm. were all wearing them, and, and the judge as well, and that continues to this day. It's wow. just a sort of it's just a, a tradition, you know, mm-hmm. of, of sorts. And <laughs> there's no rule. I'm sh- I'm not sure if you could get away with not doing it, but it just seems yeah. like that's the the norm over there. So, so based on like how flimsy the evidence is, because they talk immediately afterwards, like after the sentence is given. We could overturn this, you know, if we get this and that to, like, you know, show that it wasn't premeditated so they could reduce the sentence. How often do you think that happened back there, considering so many trials were probably carried on circumstantial evidence? Right. I mean, there, too, I think it probably helps to have the Lord Grant, the Lord, Lord (laughs) Grantham uh, in your corner, too, as a status, you know, to be able to write telegraphs and and meet with folks to help Mm -hmm. reduce the sentence. But from an, you know, evidentiary standpoint... um, it probably depends on the case, which isn't a great answer necessarily. But you know, um, this came this case, you know, based on the the evidence and the involvement of the poison. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of hard. It seemed like the prosecution's case was he he bla- he bought the poison and blatantly poisoned her, right? Yeah. Well, that inherently involves premeditation because mm-hmm. there's a plan, right? He has to acquire the poison mm-hmm. first. He needs to poison her thereafter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. It's not clear to me, at least based on what we saw, how they were going to go about trying to undo or kind of yeah. like materially weaken that argument hmm. so we'll find out i guess in season three right yeah, if bates gets out i mean uh th- well we know by the end of the episode that his sentence was reduced to just life in prison yeah because of that evidence yeah 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 it is, uh, i mentioned it too it's one of the rare cases where we see matthew doing any lawyering considering he's uh, he's that's his profession yeah, he was actually a really good uh, client counselor right at the end. So after the sentence is given, Anna's despondent. They're in that. It looked like some sort of like, like a pub, bar, like a little pub of sorts, yeah. like a dive bar. I, right. I want to see the scene after that where they're just drinking, reminiscing about Bates and how things are just going <laughs> right. sideways for them. Uh, yeah, that, that was uh, that was some effective uh, breakdown of the, that trial. Like, thank you, Kevin, for taking the time to to give your analysis to this trial. This is a, this is a cornerstone of Down Abbey. Yes. Yeah. This is about to set in motion some of the more memorable events of the show's overall uh, duration, tenure. Yeah. We, we may need some more of your legal counsel in the future, so you're still on retainer. Uh, but we really appreciate you for coming in this time, Kevin. Thanks, guys. It was a blast. Thanks. And we hope that was enlightening. Yeah, that conversation was so much more thorough than I thought it would be. That's uh, we, only the best. Honestly, I think it's going to stand the test of time as the the cross examination of the trial of John Bates. It's there's a lot of information for you there to take. I hope you you're more learned than you were before listening to it. Yeah, there's a whole lot of funky context about Downton Abbey that really makes it. It really changes my opinion on the show's scope. Yeah, I think yeah. it's sometimes a little too big for its own bridges. I mean, well, just talking about the the rankings that we put together. The cast is so much bigger than last year. We we're, we don't even have enough space on the paper to fill out the entire cast going down the, the line. Well, you know, when we do these end-of-the-season rankings, we can throw up on Instagram our season one mm-hmm. just to show you how uh, arbitrary it is. We don't want to spoil the season two ones for people that haven't watched it yet, so we'll, right. we'll throw up season one, and you can see just how uh, methodical 
mm-hmm. it is for me. Granted, I probably make it way more complicated than I have to make it, but I mean, we could use an Excel, but why? But why? I mean, it's Downton Abbey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's bring it back to their time. But it's so funny. I mean, you look at the season cards on Amazon when you're watching the show, and the cast just gets bigger and bigger in each photo, and the fo- the camera's like a little bit more pulled out to fit all of them in there. Uh, it's so. It's just there's just so many people, so many things. Yeah. So uh, we want to talk about. These rankings jump right in. Use this as a springboard. We've already talked to our attorney. Yeah, I think it's it's time to get into it. We enough with the waiting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first, we'll start with the overall rankings. So this is the tallied plus or minus from the whole season. Mm-hmm. So if you ranked number one on the week, you got three points. Right. If you ranked bottom number one, you got minus three points. And if that's all you got the whole season, you would even out at a zero. Mm-hmm. So some characters that had good weeks and bad weeks had plus points and minus points. So we totaled that. That's where we stand. Right. Simple math. Yeah, yeah. We'll start on the bottom. This is just season two. Yeah. The bottom with negative seven overall, mm-hmm. John Bates. It's hard for me to think who could have a worse season than him. Um, aside from the deaths and everything, he, he's in jail. Uh, <laughs> he ends the season in jail. He spends most of the season in an emotional jail yeah. with Vera. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of entrapped with nowhere to go. And he, I mean, it's funny because he says it won't be long now in season three. Years later. Season three and season episode uh, three. Episode three, I'm sorry. You know, years later, he finally makes good on that promise. Just to go to jail. Yeah, just to end up in jail. Uh, yeah, that's that's that makes sense. But who who could be worse than him, though? Well... At second, negative or uh, bottom second, so the second worst season is uh, mm-hmm. Anna. Wasn't she our top person from last year? What, like she, she was, I think the leader uh, in terms of things going well. Yeah, she was up nine last year, and Holy. she is down eight this year. Holy crap! I mean, just as much as it's been a roller coaster for Bates, she's had to bear the emotional brunt of that. Yeah. Um, Man, well, that that tracks. I, I I don't know who could have a worse season than Bates and Anna. They really went through. I mean, William died, but he had a lot of think, good things happen for him this season with Daisy and stuff. I think you need to look at it on an episode by episode basis. Like if we were to rank the season, yeah. If we were to just look at the whole season, and I know I think we did this last season, but I don't have a prepared overall rankings. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you were to look at the season, we would definitely say this, but on a week to week basis. Ethel had the worst season <laughs> with negative 10. Ethel? Yes. They, they didn't even address, they didn't even wrap up her, her storyline in the, the season finale or the Christmas special. But she's got, you know, on a week to week basis, she got dealt bad hands more with more frequency than. It's so silly because they, they leave the one episode where it's like, well, she leave the baby with the Bryants or not. And then they don't even address her in the 90 minute finale or she doesn't come up at all. I don't know. This is just this is the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. So, I mean, I feel like that ranking is probably emblematic of that character. She came in at the beginning of season two as kind of a a negative Nancy, even though she was yeah not maybe not negative. She was outspoken. She made right. herself well known out the gate. Right. She didn't know her place in the manor, and uh, she wasn't the most pleasant person to have there. And then she got caught shagging, got fired, had a baby, and uh, it's been downhill. Yeah. For her. Con- well, it's been t- it, yeah yeah yeah. So. I guess that tracks Ethel. There you go. They had the worst season of anyone in season two. Yeah. On a week to week basis. Yeah. Other characters served in World War One. And it, other characters died. Yeah. But Ethel had the worst go of it. Yes. So on the upside. Yes. With positive eight points. Mm-hmm. 
Richard Carlyle. No, really? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I think there's a reason why people, or at least we, us two, think about Carlisle way too often, even after, long after season two was oh, over. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he leaves an impression because he makes those money moves. He, like, he, he does things on the show. Uh, but the thing is, having watched season two when I watched mm-hmm. it initially, I mm-hmm. hated him. Yeah. And watching it this time around... Looking at, I guess, something as simple as looking at the dates of each episode, I sympathize with him a lot more. Is it speak to our maturity that we were watching it in our early 20s and now we're entering, we're turning 30 or whatever? I guess that's, uh, as we grow up, we value, uh, we turn into Richard Carlyle. That's what happens. You, we're gonna have that weird slick backed hair. It's like (laughs) he might be, he might have a bald spot, but he's definitely covering it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, check me in a few years when I decide to grow my hair back and then slick it back. Yeah. Um, well, good for Carlisle. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess he did walk away. <laughs> yeah, he got for a profit. For profit. He didn't make a profit. He didn't make a profit out of all this stuff. He bought, or he got Vera's story. He got Mary's story. He sold a property. He's he's made a lot of money. Well, we don't know if he sold the story yet or, or well, published yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah, He just has potential. He has access to the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, moving on up. Mm-hmm. With... Positive nine, so only one more than cousin uh, Richard Carlisle. I almost boiled it saying right. cousin Matthew. Uh, cousin Matthew's number two. Yeah, he had a great season. He's engaged. He, he's walks oh, he in. had a great season. He lost his access to his legs. That was a temporary his, setback. His fiance died. I, I think on the overall, he had the most positive points of anyone. He just had those bad weeks, the terrible, the, weeks. the terrible, the terrible months and years <laughs> of not being able to walk. That's true. But he is our fairy tale boy, and he uh. He came through. He persevered. He um he lost a, a fiance. Even mm-hmm. oh my god, he even lost a fiance. But he got married. Love conquers all, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that. So uh, up top, season one with eleven points. Season two. Season two. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Sybil. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it kind of gets buried at the end of the season. But she got a job. She helped a lot of soldiers. Uh, she, she got married. Yeah, she got eloped, and then she's pregnant too. At the end of she the season, she's pregnant. Things are. Sybil really has done a lot more than Edith or Mary all season. Like, yeah, and she's only twenty one or whatever. She's so yeah. she's in her early twenties. If she's in her early twenties, she was supposed to be like fourteen when the show started. Oh my gosh! Because yeah, you think about it, it's like also like six. Oh my, that's so gross. Because Branson was hitting on her then, so this guy's just been long playing. Oh, that's so gross. That's so disgusting. And six years on, she's like, was it? She starts helping them. So, I mean, I think there's a pretty big time jump. But either way, she was 21 what? when they get engaged. So let me let me look oh. back on my notes. Because I definitely noted that she we, we find out how old she is. Because yeah. it's like a running question of how old she is. So she is 21 in 1919. So she's 22 now. Okay. So that means... Wait, twenty one or twenty? Okay, going into nineteen twenty. Yeah, so she's yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, she's she's an adult now. So back in nineteen fifteen, when Branson's saying reconsider or whatever, we can run away. She's seventeen there, <laughs> or nineteen fourteen with the worst. She's sixteen. <laughs> oh boy, oh that. So how old must Daisy have been? But how old is Branson? Do we know how old Branson? He's no, like, they don't. He's say, like early. I mean, 20s. we could probably check on the down. He seems but, a few years older than her. What do you think? He's like forty now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's got to be pushing his late thir- or, or late twenties, I think, at this point. Late twenties, I think he's probably early twenties. I think he was like twenty three, twenty four in nineteen seventeen era. So, I feel like, like he's kind of like it's like a Padme, Anakin Skywalker. 
Okay. I think she's or he's a couple years older, and it just the look is different. Just don't overthink it. Yeah. But it, it, just yeah, don't overthink it. But when you put it in the context of him peering through a window to see Sybil in season year old one, girl. yeah, in season one, but that, he might have been a nineteen-year-old or a twenty-year-old, still creepy, but you know. It's beyond creepy. He's a revolutionary. He doesn't care. Why would they hire a teenager to be their chauffeur? Well, they hired Daisy to be there. She's got to be a little baby in season one then. She's got to be like 13 or 14. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's trippy. All right. Well. It's weird thing. We should actually break down the ages. That would be a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. Because we really they? don't know how old some of these characters how are. How old is Sir Anthony? He hasn't aged in the six years since we last seen him, and he was old when we saw him the yeah, first he time. Was like, he was like 65 then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. Um, but he got to go to war and got injured. Yeah, he got capped. Uh, who was in like the middle areas? I mean, like Thomas had a lot of stuff, but I think he kind of netted like just a net zero. For zeros, season two, we have Edith. <laughs> that makes sense. Edith. Yeah. Edith <laughs> yeah. is the only outright zero we have. Mm-hmm. In the negative, we have Carson, Molesley, Isabel, Mr. Lang, <laughs> oh, yeah. Miss O'Brien. Oh, man, Mr. Lang, we'll never forget you. <laughs> Vera Bates, Lavinia, yep. and Mrs. Patmore. So those are the people that had bad seasons. But does, it's all relative. Pat Moore only had like it's one episode negative. by episode. Yeah, yeah, she only had negative one. Uh, what about uh, wait? Where did William end up? Positive five. Oh, he was on. He was up there. Yeah, I mean, he did. He kind of had a very noble death. He got Daisy. Yeah, he, that worked out for him. Yeah. Uh, so how does this compare to season one? We're, 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 what's so? Here's what we did. We yeah. used the same equation that we've been using in the whole season, mm-hmm. but just added. The stats from season one and the stats of season two. So we have an overall ranking right now. Okay. So we don't have a down or up. It's just overall. We do have a down or up. Oh, okay. I have my top and bottom. I didn't. Okay. Uh, All right. We can go over the rest. Mm-hmm. Ending season two with an overall two season negative five. So you got to imagine these point scales are what they are. Yeah. Mr. Molesley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Not much has gone right. The first season, he tried to hit on Banna, uh, Anna. She shut him down. This season, he tried to be a footman, and uh, he got drunk. Uh, he didn't go to war because he was a, a wimp. Um, yeah, he just kind of just... That makes sense. That tracks. Bates stole his glory. Did he really when he tried to come back with the shoehorn? Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because he was like ready to take over, and then like Bates is like, Oh, I'll be taking that. Thanks, Mosley. You must be so relieved. Yeah, know your role, shut your mouth, Mosley. So number two, mm-hmm. with negative six, Kamal Pamuk. <laughs> well, can we just stop talking about this guy? Like, he had one terrible week and got negative six. And he's never going to come back from that. Like, it just, that's, he's just... But it shows you, you know, like the characters that are active mm-hmm. and have good weeks and bad weeks, they middle. Yeah. You have one terrible week. You're done. It'll end you for multiple seasons as they keep mentioning that guy uh, throughout the show. So Yeah, I mean, technically, we could keep giving him negative points just because his name keeps getting brought up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But We it, need to put some respect on his name. Yeah, he's dead. Let's let it lie. And number one, we already said it. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. In my brain, I lost track. Since she's only in season two, <laughs> oh, and she has negative ten points. A- Ethel? Ethel has the worst How? go of it in all of Downton Abbey in the first <laughs> two seasons. It just goes to show maybe uh, Carson has a point. 
don't get pregnant and uh, don't. <laughs> no, actually, Carson doesn't have a point. He's definitely wrong-minded on that. That it just they just gave her a rough uh, rough situation, you know. Yes. Yeah. I know. We just discussed. Yeah. It. But yeah, it yeah. is weird thinking about it in the scope of the whole show. So worse than Pamuku died in the bed. Ethel. Yeah. All right. Who, who's up though? Who's up? Tie for third place with a positive yeah. seven. Yeah. Mrs. Hughes. She didn't even get any points for a season two. She had a really good season last season. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Dowager Violet. Okay. Yeah. I've, season two definitely felt more Dowager heavy. Like they realized they had a, a fan favorite. They emphasized her. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Two good characters. Mm-hmm. Positive eight. Yeah. Second place. Ranking real high in this show. Richard Carlyle. <laughs> no. How? How? He's number three in our overall for... Oh, because... Because it's only one season. It's all he combined. negatives. Wait, so who do we have number two and one for... It was Matthew and... Sybil. And Sybil was what? She Sybil was, was down last season because she had she had the overall worst season to season one in our what? <laughs> Remember she fell in the in the mud with with Gwen. Oh right, right, right. Wow, that's crazy, Carlisle. <laughs> who knew? Who knew? Is he even on the character poster for season two? I don't even know. He's a positive eight. Oh, if my. Mr. Pamuk's negative six keeps him on the bottom, <laughs> people are going to need to make moves in season three to boot. Richard Carlyle from the overall. Yeah. Because uh, I have a feeling he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, this is the last time uh, we probably see him, so... All right. <laughs> Good job, Rich. <laughs> Good job, newspaper man. <laughs> Did your job. <laughs> and overall, the best so far in yeah. Downton Abbey, Cousin Matthew with 11 points. He's just... Always one above Richard Carlyle. <laughs> That's true. He always, he always gets the upper hand. Uh, he, he, what does he say? He, Evil, 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 evil. Oh, smile and smile. Be a villain. <laughs> That's what Carlisle says to Matthew. And yeah, Matthew yeah. sure is the villain of the story. Even though he, he got crippled and went to the war and all those things. He's he's Cousin Matthew. He, yeah, he came out on top. All right, well, I guess. Is there anything else to discuss? Good season? Was it a good season? Yes. So a lot. Of people, I think so. A lot of people were down in season two, I recall, after season one, just because... There was a lot going on with the war, and uh, it it wasn't quite as like soapy as the first season, where there's like you know people you know the Pamuk storyline and things like that. Well, the Pamuk storyline is huge in this season, right, right, right. But it's not as like people, you mean more outright, yeah, like you know being whisked away into separate rooms or whatever. I guess like the closest we got to that was Edith, you know, home wrecking and everything. Like where, where's like the scandal and all that like mm-hmm. stuff? I mean. Grantham had that with Jane, but who wants to see Lord Grantham cheating on his wife? Maybe I do, but the rest of everyone else who likes Down Abbey does not. Um, yeah, I I like this season, actually. I, I think it's underrated. I think yeah. this season deserves better than people give it. Um, Richard Carlyle has proven that the numbers don't lie. <laughs> Dude is charismatic. He, he, he is a spy master and a half. Yeah, the spy master, the newspaper man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he will be missed. I gotta say, I, I hated him so much watching that first first watch through. Yeah, he's a he's a pure heel, and we need more of those in our in our Downton. Because mm-hmm. Thomas, we see he's on the up and up as far as sort of turning a new leaf, even though he's still despicable. Yeah, yeah O'Brien, yeah. you know, she's always kind of trying to take the moral high ground. Uh, but I did like World War One coloring coloring this season too. Yeah, like informing a lot of the situation. You know, really bringing the history into the forefront. As much as ti- the Titanic sinking set off, you know, season one, 
World War One was a, just a huge character this season. Um, I think in our rankings, I had England down three last year, and I, I rose up England one this year. So England's still at a negative two because they went through a war. It takes some time to... Yeah, I don't know if England ever factors into the plot as much as it has, so it might... Might keep a, a cozy negative two for the rest of the duration of the show. Yeah, I don't want to like spoil myself by looking at history books to remind myself if England has anything. Show yeah, we've show. already been reminded that we don't know much about history by our our fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll see if England gets out of that negative two hole. Hopefully, uh, maybe. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. we're American, so we, you know America. America's number one. Yeah, we'll see. In if, our hearts. We'll see if Downton reaches World War Two by the time the show ends. We'll, we don't know. Who knows? We don't. We, we watch do, the show. We do know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, this this is, even with the worst episode of All Down Abbey with uh, P, P, uh, Gordon. P. Gordon showing up, claiming to be a Grantham, doing that thing with his face where Grantham says, like, what did you just do? <laughs> <laughs> the, the touch under his nose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope that there's some explanation of that further where it's, uh, Robert's like teaching Cousin Matthew, like, if you want to be a Crawley, you <laughs> must do this. And he scratches his nose. <laughs> and it just comes back around. And it comes back around for every episode they've been doing it. We just didn't know. Yeah. It's like the Han Solo dice. Mm-hmm. They're like, these are a thing. Yeah. And you're I, like, oh, what? Really? Huh? I don't and, remember those being a thing. Yeah, but then it's just like the, the Crawley nose scratch. So what about season three? Your expectations for season three? I Well, one thing that I learned watching this season much more so than season one, because mm-hmm. season one is soapy. Yeah, season two things happen. I yeah. think it's much more uh, rifle world. drama. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember a lot of it. Yeah, so I don't remember. And, and season two is the World War One season, so it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to put things into it. Yeah. Whereas there's only a few like big tentpole events that really mark the rest of Downton. Not to say that they're it's uninteresting, but I feel right. like season one is Pamuk in the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Season two is the the cousin. Yeah. And World War One, Carlisle, yeah, yeah, yeah. In my in World War One, and honestly, I without I won't spoil it, but there's only a couple more of those like Downton things in my head. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see where season three goes, Uh, just because I, for us, our personal favorite Bates moments are in season three, and I can't wait for us to dive into that. Well, I mean, our personal favorite Bates moment has already happened. Wait, which one was that? His quote. Oh well, I mean, that has its own significance, but. We see Bates really come into his own and become the Bates that we refer to with such revere. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> He's the reason that our Twitter picture is Mr. Bates. Oh, my God. So I've been updating the Instagram story. just like recording the podcast, whatever. But it just makes me die laughing when I see my friend's photos and then just Bates hovering above the Instagram page. <laughs> it's just so knowing in his face. Uh, He's he's a knowing man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but again, we, we love all the support. We I feel like season two has been a really good jumping in point for some people. We've uh, you know been growing our listenership. We, our audio quality has improved immensely. Yeah, it's been very uh, steady. Um, yeah, no echoes, no uh, downed mics. Yeah. Now, I, I was theorizing this. If we keep going at the rate we're going in terms of you know listeners and stuff like that, can we get Giamatti? Is, it, is this something... Is Giamatti? I thought Paddington was the end game. Well, I mean, Paddington is the end game, but... I think Giamatti is like a step below Paddington because Paddington is a, a digital bear. Uh, what? <laughs> I, I mean, he may be. I don't know. Maybe there is an actual bear out there named Paddington, but I think we could get Giamatti if we could just keep this going. Yeah, spoiler alert. Giamatti shows up. As Paul Giamatti. Uh, yeah. The show just carries on for like 20 years at a time in each season. It's just a flash forward to 2012 and it's Paul Giamatti. Oh, can we do this? Can we, can we guess right now? 
where does season three end? What year does season three end in? Oh, I don't know. Um, what's it record this? What's the come? Roaring Twenties? Yeah, let's cycle back around to this at the next recap, where we think the season will end. I want to say twenty. I want. I, I want to say they take it slow and it's twenty twenty or nineteen twenty nineteen twenty three. I'm gonna go further than that. What's if this was six years? I, I think twenty seven. Yeah, but there's so much of the show, and the show. I don't. Spoiler alert. When people think of Downton Abbey, they think of the 1920s. They don't think of the 25. 30s. 1925, <laughs> okay. it's going to end in. All right. You say 23, I say 25. 20, okay. Yeah. We'll see where, where this road takes us. Is, let's ask Julian Fellows. Yeah. You, yeah. Wonder, you wonder if we could hook Julian Fellows up with a, a link if he would enjoy the show. I bet he would hate the show. No, Julian, I think, is like a laid-back guy. He's a lord. Uh, he made the school rock. He wrote the school rock on Broadway. That's true. Like, you know, uh, I do remember, and I, I know my mom has the Blu-rays, mm-hmm. there's documentaries about Downton, and I got to see at what point those documentaries happen, yeah. because when we find that those documentaries happened, we can watch them and review those, Oh, okay. but they're full of spoilers, so we can't watch the Wedding at Downton Abbey documentary, because there are so many more weddings to be had. So it's only retroactively for the whole entire series? I don't think so, oh, okay. because I think my mom got, like, it's a DVD, or a Blu-ray, and it's seasons like one to three or one to four. It was a box before the show finished. We should review those. So I'll, I'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in terms of other things, the we're going to do a giveaway, right? Yeah. Uh, a tea set. A, you know, your own personal snuff box will maybe be coming from us to you. It's not a snuff box. It's a, a Downton Abbey branded box of tea. We discussed it last week. Yeah. And hopefully your questions have been submitted. If not... Mm-hmm. You might be too late. Yeah. So hope your questions are in. Yes. Yeah, stay, stay, keep following us on the social medias and we'll keep you updated. Because you could win some Downton Abbey tea. Yeah. If you are in the continental United States, because I don't know if I'm allowed legally to send tea overseas. That's true. If you are from overseas, we'll find a way to reward you and give you a prize. We'll do some cross-border e-commerce to get it to you. Yeah. We'll hope that there's no tariffs stopping us from mm-hmm. sending you things or taxing these things. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, keep up with us on the, the Instagram, the Twitter, Facebook, all those things. Send us your questions. Review if you want to. We, we, we appreciate it. Yeah, and if you leave a terrible review, we'll probably read it on the air. Yeah, we'll do it. But we don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, we don't recommend it. Uh, but thank you for, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, see you in season three. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, we won't. We'll see you on reviewing the tea. The tea. We're doing tea tasting, yeah. to my surprise. The tea and the scones, Downton Abbey scones. Right, I, I'll handle the baking. All right. All right.